G'day and welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale. We hope you find this encouraging. Today we stop and reflect in a special way to remember the suffering of Christ on our behalf. To actually dwell upon the torment that he endured. It's important and good for us to do this. We need to feel the weight and heaviness of it, to be reminded what a great cost it was. Salvation is costly. Though we receive it freely, it came at a great cost for our Lord. We handle things differently when we know the cost. When Shane and I were first married, we moved straight to Darwin and consequently had to leave most of our wedding presents behind. They were in Lincoln Dyer's closet for many years. Um, And every visit, I would look through the stash and select items to take back with me. On one of these occasions, I had a friend with me. And as I was looking through the things that remained, she pointed to what looked to me like an unexciting baking dish. That's a scam pan, she informed me. That's worth about $200. Right, in the bag it went. Knowing the value of something and its cost, it makes a difference to how we treat it. How do you enjoy a dinner differently when you know someone else is picking up the tab? And maybe the opposite, do you enjoy it when you're picking up the tab? They are two very different experiences. What is the cost? Who is paying? This affects how we feel, enjoy and experience things. Particularly if we don't think we're going to have enough for, for what, we're, what we're doing. But today we are remembering that Jesus paid for something on our behalf. We are relieved of the burden of the debt we owed our sins against God. The cost doesn't get higher. He paid with his life. He paid in pain and he paid with his blood and he poured it out for us willingly. We remember his suffering, his love poured out for us and we are in awe of the love that led him to this great sacrifice. No one pays a high price for something, expecting nothing in return. There was a trade-off for Jesus in his sufferings. There was something he was getting out of it. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 confirms this. It was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. What was the joy on the other side of the cross for Jesus that enabled him to scorn, like to, to think of the, the shame of the cross as nothing or as worthy as, as, as a price he was willing to pay for that joy. What was the joy that enabled him to go through this immense suffering and to see it as so worthwhile? We've heard a couple of readings from Isaiah 53 already, and if you're able, I encourage you to turn to it again, because we're going to pick up and, and discover what was 
the trade-off? What was he purchasing uh, with his life? Um, we pick it up in verse 10. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days. And by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. I just want to read this section again in a different translation. This is the NLT. Um, but it helps make it a bit more clear. It was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet, when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. So earlier in Isaiah 53, it sort of uh, shared how, you know, this life of Jesus was cut short before he had descendants and what a, you know, tragedy that seemed to be. And yet... He will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. The joy set before him that made the cross worth enduring, was us. We were the payoff. We were his desire. He wanted us to be his children. And as 1 John says, and that is what we are. As it says in Isaiah 53, we are his descendants. We are adopted into the family of God because of what Jesus has done. Just like for, for parents, the suffering um, of, well, pregnancy for many women, the suffering of pregnancy and a birth, um, the joy of having a child on the other side, the suffering is made worthwhile for the joy. For Jesus, the suffering he endured was made worthwhile because of the joy of welcoming children into his family, of welcoming us. And we are the ones that are now counted as righteous he was purchasing us and our righteousness and our ability to come into connection with him. Our life, our peace, our forgiveness, our healing, these are things he paid for through his suffering and death. If you keep, if you keep looking at Isaiah 53, as we've already read, I think in verse 5, I love this little list. It's almost like an itemization of what he purchased that day. He speaks of his piercings for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. There was a trade-off with each suffering, something he got out of it for us. His, the chastisement, the punishment that was upon him brought us peace. 
and his, by his wounds we are healed. Jesus' death and suffering had a goal. He had a prize in mind. It wasn't just an end in itself. There was something he was looking beyond that moment to something wonderful. He won some things for us. And the best way that we can honor and glorify him and remember him and the suffering he's done on our behalf is to let our remembering lead into receiving. Receive what he purchased at such a high cost. When we fail to embrace what he's done for us, it's a loss to us and a grief to him. Let us not add grief to his heart by failing to enjoy what his sufferings have gained for us. In Psalm 103, we're reminded and exhorted in this exact same vein. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Why do we need to be reminded that? Because we are at risk of forgetting and of not taking advantage of the benefits that Christ purchased for us. And what a tragedy when that happens because he paid a high price. It's been paid for. And when we fail to receive, what a tragedy. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I think that often we are pretty good at remembering forgiveness, that he's forgiven us, though sometimes maybe we neglect to pass that on to others and forgive freely others. But what about those other things? Are we seeking God for our healing, whether that's emotional, physical? Are we coming to him? Are we asking? Are we opening our arms up to receive an expectation, good things from his hand? Are we enjoying the benefits of his suffering, what he paid for on our behalf? Forgiveness, healing, and also peace. He's paid a price for our peace. The punishment that was upon him brought us peace. Are we living in the peace of God? Are we casting our cares on him? Are we carrying burdens that we were never meant to? Today, I want us to take a moment to reflect and to receive and remember that Jesus' suffering accomplished more than one thing on our behalf. And to receive and enjoy more of what he has for us is to bring satisfaction to him. You know, when he sees what his anguish accomplishes, when he sees the trade-off in our lives and us enjoying what he has done for us, that brings him satisfaction. Can you imagine? Something we do can bring satisfaction to our Lord. There's no greater thing to live for than to bring pleasure to, to him. So what I want us to do, um, if you saw when you sat down, there was a piece of paper on seats and there's some pens. There might be not quite enough for everyone. You might steal a texter from the kids. Dave, on this table here, there's some small bits of paper. 
underneath that little glass. They're still there. If anyone doesn't have a piece of paper, just put your hand up. We can bring some around. But what I want us to do, we're going to have, I see that hand. Um, we're going to have communion, lead into communion from this. And um, I'll lead you through that. But um, this will tie in with it because we receive. We want to receive and remember what, what was given for us. But we also want to make it practical and personal. So on this piece of paper, what I'd love for each of us to do um, is to think of these three areas, the forgiveness, healing, and peace, things that God has purchased for us. So maybe there's someone, something that you're conscious of, a sin in your life that you want to um, ask for forgiveness or maybe just acknowledge and thank God for the forgiveness he's given in that area. Or maybe it's someone you're aware, you're holding something against, you have unforgiveness in your heart. And, you know, there is actually no grounds for us to hold any unforgiveness against anyone, no matter what they've done to us. We must forgive as the Lord forgave us. If he can forgive us, we can forgive. But he's able to help us to do that. Um, and to and I, I just want to add there too, like with forgiveness, when we forgive, we're not saying what happened was okay. You know, in our culture, we often, someone says, oh, sorry, oh, that's okay. Forgiveness is not saying that's okay. Forgiveness is saying, you no longer owe me. And we're shifting that debt that that person, because people have genuine griefs and wounds that do matter. And there is a cost with, with those wounds. And, but we're shifting from that person that is not able to give you restitution or give you what you actually deserve and healing and restoration. And you're going, God, I release them of that burden. I release them of the debt. And Lord, I'm asking, I'm putting that debt on Jesus. Jesus, will you bring me restitution? Will you bring me healing? Will you bring me what I need to restore from that wound? So that's what forgiveness is. So if there's a person, maybe you need to write a name. These will all stay anonymous, so no fear about that. But maybe you need to declare your forgiveness for someone. And then healing. Is there something you personally need healing for? Write that down, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical. Or maybe there's someone on your heart who needs healing. You could write their name down. And then peace. I think this is a big one because it's so easy to fall in the trap of worrying and anxiety. But is there something on your mind and heart today that's just oh, nagging? It's there. It's stopping you from really enjoying life, from um, appreciating all the good that is there to be enjoyed from from God's good gifts to us. Write it down. Where's your anxiety? Where's your fear? Where's your worry? Write it down as an act of giving that over to him. He's purchased our peace. And, you know, we can live in the peace of God no matter what's going on. He's able to carry those things for us. So please, I'll just give you a minute to do that. What to do with that, what you've written down, is fold it up if you like to keep it anonymous. Um, and as you, before you take communion, we'll have, we've got the cups and the bread will be here. Um, there's little pins, little push pins here. And to take what you've written and to just pin it to the cross here um, as a symbolic act and a reminder that these things um, Jesus has paid for. 
and we can bring them to him and he's able to carry what we cannot um, and then to receive you know the the cup and the bread and and to give thanks that it's because of his suffering and his death that we are able to benefit from these things we receive the benefits he took the suffering he endured the cross so that we could benefit that we could experience peace hope life forgiveness connection with god and one another and healing for our spirits and our bodies so let's um i'll lead us in communion and what we'll do just the logistics um if those near the front come first and we might come through this door and come around and back in just to not be running into each other. And I'll just, this is a gluten-free loaf as well. So if anyone's gluten-free, we can all hopefully partake. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we honor you today. We remember and we acknowledge the great suffering that you endured on our behalf. We know you paid a high price, that you gave your very body for us, for our salvation, for our forgiveness, for our healing, for our peace. Lord, help us to receive all that you have for us, May we not fail to take and benefit from everything that you purchased. Would you reveal to us places and spaces where we've been reluctant to receive or to believe you? Soften our hearts, Lord. Thank you for your love for us, your patience with us, and your kindness that leads us to repentance. We praise you. You are worthy of all of our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Please come.